Life Coach for Dogs with Tim Cornett. All right. Uh, welcome to the Dog Walker's Companion by Life Coach for Dogs. I'm the Life Coach for Dogs. My name's Tim Cornett. Welcome to the Dog Walker's Companion by Life Coach for Dogs. The Dog Walker's Companion is a weekly podcast dedicated to deepening your relationship with your dog, your community, and yourself. Please comment and subscribe on your favorite podcast service. If you have dog challenges and live in the Cleveland area, visit lifecoachfordogs.com. If you live outside of Cleveland, we are available for Zoom and Skype sessions. On this episode, we have Miss Jessica Davey, a vet tech at the Tremont Animal Clinic. Uh, we're discussing uh, vet care in general and in spe- specifically uh, pet pet care during the pandemic, pet and vet care, and you know some of the some of the adaptions that we're uh, that we'll all have to make. So, welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, first of all, I will say I love the Tremont Animal Clinic. Uh, they were very good. I I went there with my last dog, Lola, and that is where she passed away. So I am almost got like a trauma memory of there. I can't walk in there again. But that is no... <laughs> That is no indication of the service or anything like that. I just, I just miss that dog. Understandable. Well, we're in a new building now, so. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> you did mention that. And that, uh, that actually does, op- uh, is kind of an exciting possibility because, uh, because I need a new vet, uh, which will actually go to our first question. Uh, okay. I need a new vet and it's a pandemic. Uh, some of these appointments are four or five months out. Yep. Uh, so what's up with that? What what can we do to get around that? Because like, you know, things are getting kind of serious here. My dogs are behind on their vaccinations at this point. Mm-hmm. So we were working in puppies and kittens that had to have vaccinations done within three to four week windows or else they would lapse. So we were double booking, triple booking to get the young ones through to their full vaccinations. For the older guys, we're, we're getting a little lax. So what I think had happened was it was just the perfect storm of certain clinics. When we, sh- when we all shut down and weren't allowing people inside, certain clinics were not taking on new clients. And with people staying at home more and the shelters were just giving away animals, people were like, well, why not? I'm working from home. I'm bored. Let's get a dog. Let's get a cat. So we were one of the few clinics that were still allowing new clients to be added on to who we already see. As of right now, we are booking two to three weeks in advance. It's kind of calmed down, but we're still double and triple booking. And we do the very best that we can and seeing things like, you know, an ear infection, a UTI, something that we don't want to bog down the emergency veterinary services with. Like it's a, it's a team effort, but across the country, veterinarians, we are, we are tired. (laughs) We're doing our best. 
We're trying. <laughs> That's and that is it is a veterinarian is a tough job anyways uh for a lot of reasons we'll we'll probably we'll go in depth on that on a on a future episode because it's like it's 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 being a doctor but it's got its own unique challenges Uh uh plus all the debt of medical school (laughs) yeah so so you know it's a real labor of love but we'll get to that in a future episode but it is a tough tough job everybody did uh did get get it so what what do you think are the most common procedures getting done is it still vaccinations is there anything i i think we see more sick and injured versus just wellness exams i think we're seeing more people who because of the stimulus they're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to get my dog neutered. I'm going to get my cat spayed. I need to get a dental cleaning that I've been putting off for years. Mm. We're seeing more patients that we've never seen before with full grown animals and chronic illnesses that have never been addressed until the stimulus check. So that's another, that's another thing. We are still seeing, you know, our, our tried and true clients and getting, getting people in when we can, but I think we, in, in, in a day, we see more sick and injured than we do just vaccines. Okay. Uh, the stimulus thing never even dawned on me as far as like, oh yeah, I'm finally going to get, yeah, I'm finally going to get biscuits like leg fixed or whatever. I, that yeah. never even dawned on me, which yeah. that's an awesome thing to spend your stimulus check on. Like, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Like that, believe me. That is much better than all the fireworks that my entire neighborhood spent their stem stimulus checks on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, has there been any issue in the pandemic? Is there like a pandemic related dog issue that we're just not seeing or like uh, some sort of issue? Are dogs getting into fights more or are they getting weird things on their elbows because they're laying around too much? no. Uh, but we are seeing more first time pet owners, like people who have probably never even seen a dog in real life before suddenly having one. And there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of, I feel like my job now is more talking to clients and doing client education and, you know, what's something that is super common that everybody freaks out about, especially in puppies is hiccups. Puppies get the hiccups all the time until they're six months old because of a muscle that isn't fully developed until they're six months. So we get a lot of like videos emailed to us or like they'll show me recordings on their phones of like, what is my dog doing? And I'm like, it's the hiccups and it's okay. It's going to be all right. So we, I, I think we're seeing a lot of first time pet owners during the pandemic, which, and it can be scary. It's a whole new responsibility and my job is, I'm still like hands-on technician doing, you know, shots and anesthesia and blood work and x-rays. But a big chunk of my day today is being on the phone, talking to clients, emailing clients and client education. But I'm not seeing seeing any strange illnesses. Um, You'll always see like a weird GI bug from uh, daycare dogs. You'll Mm -hmm. see that flare up every now and again. But that's about it. 
Okay. Uh, ooh, I would like I, I, I would like to get into that. What other issues other than um, other than hiccups are are like the most common are the most common answers that are the common questions that you're answering? Um, I don't know that there's a lot about, okay. Uh, diet people, people really want to talk about dog food and cat food. What should I be feeding my pet? And breeders will always give these ridiculous pamphlets of like, this is what you want them on diamond naturals or like blue Buffalo or, uh, like if, if dogs are picked up from breeders, they always come with like info and like some food, like this is what they've been feeding them. And when we see them, they want to know like, is this okay? What should I feed them? I've never had a pet before. So the top four brands that veterinarians are always going to recommend are Hills, Royal Canin, Iams, and Purina. They're the four largest pet food companies. They've been around for a very long time. They test all their own products because there's not, the FDA doesn't really have restrictions in place with animal food. Like they do what we consume. So we're always going to recommend those four brands and it's always, I don't know, that's always like a uphill battle with people and, and trying to get them to understand, like we're not in cahoots with them. We just trust them because you know, their institutions. Well, I will. And this is what I, cause I've done a lot with dog nutrition, which is always funny. If you're a fat guy, like, let me tell you what, how to feed your dog, uh, proper nutrition. But I, I've worked on the other end of it. Like not in the veterinarian end of it. I've worked on, I've worked for a lot of these like high end dog company, like these high end dog food companies that, uh, that are actually kind of anti hill science diet, Purina, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I and this this is what I always tell people, and then and I'll let you add in on it. It's like allergies are a real thing. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of you know they're allergies. Dogs can respond to a lot of things, and and any of the like the four big ones that you mentioned, and any of like mainline commercial dog food that you can get at the grocery store, and those are the most tested by far. Like that is why veterinarians recommend them. Uh, but like allergies do pop up and these fancy ass foods do, do tend to help those allergies. So it's like a sliding scale on what's right for your dog. It's like Atkins diet versus not the Atkins diet. Like some people it's, it's terrible. Some people it really helps out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it works, it works. Like one of my coworkers, his, one of his dogs had, you know, soft stools, diarrhea, and occasional vomiting and the only food that his dog has normal stools on and doesn't vomit is blue buffalo which is wild to me because they're they have like such a high fat and protein content that some animals cannot tolerate it it's just too rich for them and some can and when it comes to allergies the the most common food allergy is a protein so and and trying to get people to do food trials is difficult because you have to feed them a strict single protein diet for six to eight weeks no treats you can't mess this up and you have to see like how they handle it and is it chicken is it beef um some people you know their dogs are allergic to grain and they do the grain-free diet and then it came out that 
you know, a strict grain-free diet chronically for years causes cardiomyopathy in dogs and it can lead to heart murmur and heart failure. So you got to weigh your pros and cons. If it works for you, it works for you. Like I'm not, that's dog food isn't one of the things and and cat food isn't one of the things that I'm going to fight like tooth and nail. Like I'm not going to die on this hill that you have to feed these brands. Whatever works for you, works for you. Some people can't afford to feed their pet a hydrolyzed protein diet to keep their allergies in check. And that's okay. Yeah. And nor should, and now go into these, if you uh, do find yourself in the high end stores, you know, you should really ask a question before you feed your dog kangaroo or before you spend your $65 on, on a large thing of dog food that might have way more protein than your dog will need. Mm-hmm. You know that, I mean, and there are, there are like a lot of, uh, they will try and steer you away from science diet, from, um, you know, from pedigree, from uh, all those things. This is kind of my thing. And I, I do feed my dogs kibble, but a cereal diet is weird, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, could we live off of Wonder Bread? Like, it's kind of the same idea, right? <laughs> well, I mean, their their dog food is like fully balanced. You know, it's not just cereal, as you said it. We're not just eating kicks here. Like, yeah, well, like Wonder Bread, it's like fortified with like like beef flavored Wonder Bread. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So this is this is where the this is kind of a life coach for dogs thing. Let's follow the thought experiment. What would life be like if you only ate beef-flavored Wonder Bread? But there's a caveat. You've never eaten anything else but beef-flavored Wonder Bread. So what's the balance? Right, right. Maybe it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) As someone who I've been meal prepping, and I, I basically eat the same thing every day, but there is a point where I'm like, God, I miss cheeseburgers. And I do wonder, like, do dogs ever watch us while we're eating and just, like, really want to know what that's like? <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the consensus from my dogs. You <laughs> <laughs> them a little bit, and then you just, like, create this monster. Like, they, they can't ever turn their back on bacon. Like, Yeah, no, I, it's a twofold, because I am way too messy of an eater to ever keep my dogs, like, <laughs> on too strict of a diet. Uh, I spill stuff, but I'm a vegetarian, so, like, if there's, if there's meat that's dropped, they, they've earned it. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that's always been kind of a, a, like, if you're super poor, right? If you're like a homeless guy and you, like, you've, you've begged, like, $5 for food for you and you're also a homeless dog, what do you spend that money on? Do you spend it on a bag of gravy train or do you order a McDouble, hold the onions and give that to your dog? I would go with dog food. I've actually been in that position before. Um, Vet techs don't make that much money. And I've had to, I've been so broke where my money has gone to dog food over feeding myself. Like that's me personally. No, no. I've also, I've also been that broke, but I'm, I'm trying to project a brand image here. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Vet techs don't make a lot. 
the economy in dog world is, or pet world is really messed up. It's a billion dollar a year industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, I've gotten paid the most representing those terrible dog food companies. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, no, I, I, I could go into numbers, but it would hurt. Uh, Not. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but that tells you that's actually kind of another thing with dog kibble too, because like I was paid a lot of money to do pretty much nothing. And <laughs> like, what's the markup on this stuff? How can Chewy deliver 50 pounds of dog food to me for no cost? How much are they marking this up? Yeah. And should I just give my dog wonder bread at that point? <laughs> Just spray it with with uh, beef broth and throw it at them. There you go. <laughs> um, I would. I, I certainly wouldn't mind uh, a dog nutrition like, uh, you know, episode because that is a big, a big question. And uh, honestly, I, I would like to speak with somebody on this podcast about chicken allergies, the growing rise of chicken allergies. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because it's in, it's in everything, like even treats, like chicken is one of the most used proteins and it, it, the allergies most likely are protein related. Um, but yeah, why? Like, is it, is it the same as in people with the rise of peanut allergies and nut allergies? Like is is there a correlation there? You know, I suspect with chickens, because there was such a push to to genetically engineer chickens after World War II, uh, it's like cor- it's it correlates with the rise of the grocery store. So in order to stock these grocery stores, you need to engineer a chicken that that's breeding life is really quick from egg to chicken to the plate. So I think they have them now to where you can within 60 days, it's birth to grocery store. Oh, yeah. Uh, I could have the, but that's like, you know, that seems to be like a, how a lot of science works. About 60 years ago, they were meddling in something they shouldn't. And now my dog's getting sick and we're next. <laughs> <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've never actually, I've never actually thought about it because there are so many, you know, we'll, when we open charts, we'll see little notes that say like, don't feed them treats because it's allergic to chicken. I'm seeing that so much because we carry, we have Bill Jack treats, we have peanut butter and we have um, cheese in a can for the animals. Mm. So if there's ever any food allergies, we take them super seriously because even just a little bit. And then they're itching all over. They're breaking out hives. They're getting ear infections. They're chewing on their feet. It turns into a nightmare and it's just not worth it. Um, But yeah, I I see more chicken and beef allergies than ever before. And I think you're right. We, I think we are next and you're giving me a whole new thing to ponder. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean like salmon and seafood is kind of a, a safe, or kind of a considered a safe harbor right now, but it's not like that's a problem-free industry either, you know? Right. right. So I do think, and this is actually me kind of stepping into it, we do actually probably need to have some serious considerations here 
about what we're feeding our dogs because our food supply is changing, yeah. uh, especially in the light of the pandemic. Our food supply has has shifted rapidly, and dogs are kind of on the bottom of that. Mm-hmm. And in England, they're experimenting with uh, cricket dog food. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like insect-based proteins. Yeah, it, it is. A, it is a good source of protein, and I think there's also something, almost like an essential, like an amino acid that's only found in insects. That is like a whole new opening of a whole new world. Like you can even get like cricket, like pulverized cricket to to replace flour or something. It's it's crazy. What they it's, doing? I mean, it worked for Timon and Pumbaa. I mean, I've eaten bugs before. I'm not, this isn't beneath me. I'll do it. Listen, we've all eaten bugs before. It's whether or not we're aware of it. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So it's the pandemic. People, people are going to have to wait a while to get in on, on regular things. Uh, So before we, before we go into that, what's, What's a thing you should not wait on? Let's get that out there. In case of a, in case new dog owners are listening to this, this this is the stuff you don't mess around with, uh, and like run them to the emergency room. Okay, uh, so, uh, there's a couple things that are emergent that come to my mind. Um, foreign bodies are huge in dogs. They eat something that they shouldn't. It can cause an obstruction, and it could be a toy that they've chewed up. It could be something in your house that they've chewed up a rug or a carpet. Um, I've even seen dogs that eat a ton of grass in one sitting. I've seen it get stuck in their stomach. It's just this wad of grass and leaves and that can cause a problem. So signs of an obstruction, which are emergent is the trifecta of vomiting, diarrhea, and lethargy. So if all three of those things are happening, you need to be seen immediately. Then for cats, cats are very particular. They're, they, they're good at hiding when they're sick. Um, so if, you, if your cat suddenly starts urinating or defecating outside the litter box, or if your cat is hiding more often, it's going to be subtle things with cats. Those would be things that I would not wait on. And it could be, I have seen it where, you know, the owner just switched the cat litter and the cat didn't like the new litter. So they weren't using it. It could be something that simple or it can be something more serious like renal failure. So cats are, cats are something you don't want to wait on. Um, another thing that's emergent for both cats and dogs is anytime there's bleeding around or from the eyes. That's something you don't ever want to wait on either. Um, If you have a puppy and they're not fully vaccinated and you see lethargy and really watery diarrhea, that needs to be addressed immediately as well. They can become dehydrated very quickly or, you know, parvovirus is a very real concern as well. So there's just a couple things that come to my mind off the top of my head. Okay. That's actually, that's a really good list. Those are serious things. Uh, all those things are relatively rare. They're, they're not like, I mean, 
from your point of view, they're probably everyday things, but yeah, like from a dog owner's trying to kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From, from your point. Yeah. Like that's, that's always the worst part about vet techs. I, I feel or like, cause they're like, or you're on like the front lines. You see, you see the worst cases and you see the worst people. Yeah. I, like I see, I, I see people willing to spend money on their puppies and try really hard. So like <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's like, I, I understand that there is a big, uh, uh, like sliding scale on, on what you get. Like I never, I never get the hillbilly being like, well, I just, I just let him sleep it off. And it was like, well, he was hit by a motorcycle. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I listen i know i know what happens i i you know you know the when those guys come in and there's always like a little sleeveless fat kid behind them just watching that was me sometimes they grow up to be like dog trainers <laughs> so there's hope is what i'm hearing there's hope they're watching they're watching like sometimes i i if it, if it were me i would just stop talking to the parents and be like listen if you ever get a dog in the future don't do this yeah yeah my favorite are the uh hit bike cars that happened like three days ago and like they're fine though right like he's still eating like oh by the way he's got a collapsed lung and broken ribs yeah he's fine <laughs> <sighs> see that's that's insane to me why have a dog at that point if you're going to be like it's okay Dude, or I mean, or <laughs> like i've been hit by a car before and it was fine <laughs> right just a little bump <laughs> <laughs> oh another thing if you have a pet please don't have rodenticide on your property if you live in an apartment or if you're renting, make sure there's communication and that there's no rodenticide on the property. That's another one that we see a lot of, especially in the summer when people are out and about more. Sorry, just want to backtrack for a second. No, that is uh, that seems so obvious, but yeah, dogs. If it's going to attract a mouse or a rat, it will probably attract a dog because it's all by by smell. Yeah. Uh, there was actually an old Saturday Night Live sketch with uh, with Phil Hartman where it was like it was rat poison, but it was like in the shape and size of dog food. And it's like it was marked rat poison, but the dog kept on coming up and sniffing it. And he's like, no, no, this isn't for you. Look, our rat poison makes it so gravy. So. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's. It's worth looking looking up. Uh, dogs and puppies they can get into a lot of stuff, and it it you don't always know what it is. Yeah. What do you do in those like mystery cases? Uh, so if if the dog gets into something and it shows up for like GI issues or vomiting, um, the options are well, we can always take an X ray and see if anything lights up. Like, oh, there's a coin or Oh, there's a remote, like something will pop up on it on, on an x-ray sometimes. Or if it's like a, you know, real emergency, we can always just treat the symptoms. So I like to lovingly refer to this as treat and straight. 
So it's got some GI symptoms. We don't know if it got into anything or not. Um, won't keep food down or has no interest in eating. So we'll do sub-Q fluids to rehydrate. We'll do an anti-nausea, anti-emetic. So they, their gut can have a rest. And if they are vomiting, we'll break the vomiting cycle. And if there's loose stool or diarrhea, we send home a GI antibiotic called metronidazole. And that's it. We just, we treat what we see. So if we don't know for sure what's going on, we say, this is our best educated guess. Let's treat the issues and hope it resolves. If it comes back, let us know. We'll try something else. And that's the, that's the I think that's the most frustrating thing about veterinary medicine for clients is that, you know, these guys can't talk to us. They can't be like, yeah, I was out in the woods and I ate some shrooms. You know, we don't, we don't know. So we just do what we can and work with what we're seeing. In the last couple of years, speaking of getting into the shrooms, how many, uh, how many edible cases have you seen? Oh my God. All the time. All the time. Uh, it's the classic signs of THC toxicity in a dog is um, they'll, they'll look like they're drunk. They'll kind of sway when they're standing. And if you make a sudden noise, they're, they're very like, they, they just kind of like uh, they jump, like they're, they startle so easily, you know, bright lights that they don't, they shine away from it. Um, mm-hmm. they can even they're afraid start- every car behind them is a cop. Yes, yes. Those they can even just dribble urine. Urine is just leaking out of them. And then worst case scenarios, they can dogs can have seizures depending on how much they ingest. And with edibles being out and about and, and higher concentrations of THC, we see more of the all of the above plus seizing. Um, but I'm it's it, it, they'll even get into the flower too. So it's not just the edibles, it's the bud itself, the plant itself they even like, and it can cause those same issues. But we see it all the time. It's got, it's classic signs. A lot of the times clients are afraid to tell us. And it's like, yeah, well, that's like, I'm like how, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Like do what you got to do, but like, just let me know. So I can take care of your pet. Like, I'm not going to report this. Like that is way too much work. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Graham, come on. <laughs> Right. <laughs> there's there's nothing you can do. <laughs> Just tell us this dog is high. Right. That is local comedian Jimmy Graham. Uh I would say look him up on social media, but I don't think he can be trusted with it anymore. So uh enjoy him uh, Wednesdays at the Winchester. I'll give him a shout out there. There you go. Uh, okay, so that kind of rolls into our last uh our our last little thing here of Vet, uh, veterinary uh, offices are backed up. Uh, what can you do at home? Like, what are the things you can do at home uh, to kind of save yourself a vet trip? Uh, you know, just to just to make things easier. Um, things like uh, allergies. Like, can you do anything for for allergies? Itchy dogs. Um, scratches. First, for allergies, first and foremost, are they on a flea prevention? That's always going to be my first question. Are you consistently using a flea prevention? I'm going to, yes, I'm going to say yes, because you don't necessarily need to visit the vet to do monthly vet uh, flea prevention. Right. So we're going to say monthly flea prevention is a part of that. Yes. Then you can also, dogs can have Benadryl. 
for allergies and itchiness, depending on their weight, we can, you can always call your vet. Uh, if you notice itchiness beyond, you know, it's not fleas, it, it could be environmental. So animals can have Benadryl depending on their weight. We'll give you a dose and it can be every eight to 12 hours as needed. Um, if you believe it is something environmental, like I had a dog that was allergic to grass. That was fun. Mm -hmm. So every time I had a stack of baby wipes by my back door. So every time he came in, I'm wiping down his feet. I'm wiping down his legs. I'm wiping down his body. Get the anything that's on them off of their body. Or it could be pollen. You know, when you, if you know that there's like a high pollen rate outside, baby wipes are going to be a huge help in just getting the topical environmental stuff off. Regular baths. Um, you don't have to use a medicated shampoo, something with just aloe or oatmeal, something that's gentle to the skin and soothing is good ingredients to have as well. But definitely know that your local vet cares, will work you in when we can, allergies are not an emergency, but we feel your pain, we'll do what we can on your end. And I mean, if you can even, I don't even get mad if I'm talking to the same person every single day. Like, I think people are also feel like they, they're afraid to talk to us and ask us questions because they don't want to bother us. I would rather be in, in constant communication than see a dog come in that's nearly hairless with allergies that like we could have tried doing something a long time ago. But definitely, those are some things that you can do at home on your end. But because, as you mentioned, allergies are becoming more and more prominent in dogs, sometimes they need prescription medication, whether it's a daily medication, like a daily prescription allergy pill, or Apoquil is a popular daily allergy medication, or even um, we have what's called Cytopoint injections for allergies. Those last anywhere from 30 to 60 days, depending on the patient. So there, there are options and we do, we do work in our cytopoints and our, our severe allergy dogs. We will work you in. I almost every vet has what we call emergency spots that we reserve every day. We block them so that as soon as we open and our phones start ringing, if someone calls and says my dog's scratching and its feet are red and they're swollen, we, we try to work them in as best as we can, but they're first come first serve, which isn't the best for everybody because some people work like second and third shifts. So they're sleeping in, but we do, we are here and we care. We want to help. Yeah. And that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And, but, and you know, you're, you're only people and everybody is overwhelmed right now. And there's a wide spectrum of dog issues out there. Yes. Uh, what about, uh, teeth cleaning without seeing the vet like what are uh, what would you recommend uh i would get ahead of the dental care so there is a online uh website it's the veterinary oral health committee vohc they have an entire page of products that they guarantee help with oral health in dogs and cats. And it's everything from diets to toys, to additives, um, to chews that are proven to help the oral health of your pet. 
uh, Greenies is on there. So any product that is guaranteed will have the VOHC seal of approval on their packaging. So that's a really good website for for people to go to. I have a cat that is, he's only three, but I started him on greenies like day one when he was a baby. I was like, you better start getting used to these, buddy. And you are going to love that because we are not doing dentals. <laughs> oh man. We actually, uh, the right before the pandemic, we took our cat in and uh, they recommended uh, he get his teeth cleaned. He, he only eats, but like, yeah, we got to, <laughs> we're going to have to wait for that now. He's, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I've heard a lot of things. I uh, the last thing I've heard, and I might uh, try it, is raw rib bones for dogs, not for cats, but for uh, raw rib bones to help clean teeth. So the That's rule- a, I, I've never tried that though. I'm only speaking secondhand. Right, right. The rule of thumb with anything that you're going to give your dog to <laughs> chew is if if you can't put an indent in it with your fingernail. It's too hard for your animal's teeth. We we do see dogs with broken teeth because they chew on, you know, hooves, horns, marrow bones. Um, I don't like marrow bones because I've seen them get stuck on the lower jaws of dogs too many times mm. in emergency, and then you got to get the bone saw. Oh my god! But um, I'm, I'm trying to. Can... I'm sorry. <laughs> can I put in a little dog trainer note in there? Uh, yeah. Never. Dogs shouldn't be chewing things unsupervised. I know your dog does, but like, don't let them chew anything unsupervised. Then it doesn't like, yeah, like then it doesn't matter. Like it's like, it's like letting your two-year-old eat at the table. Like, oh, go fish something out of the refrigerator. I'm sure you'll be fine. You've, you've got enough teeth. Like they're, they're going to gobble quickly like raw hides can go wrong there almost any chew can go wrong but that doesn't mean chewing isn't important right right well a lot of i i feel like a lot of people give them something to chew on to keep them busy too like they don't want to deal with them right now you know especially working from home you know they got to sit at home at a desk doing conference calls they can't be bothered by their dogs so they they're giving them more bones and stuff to chew on just to keep them busy um but they're, you just know that they can break their teeth and, and they can be pretty brutal. And then we got to extract healthy teeth, which take forever. Ooh. But um, yeah, I also, yeah. I, I worked emergency five years, so I'm kind of traumatized from just that. I've seen all kinds of things and animals go horribly wrong. That seemed very innocent at first, but uh, yeah, if, if it's too hard for you, it's too hard for your pet. Which is, I mean, I guess raw rib bones would fall into that. I think they're soft enough to where you can really mess with it. I don't know. I haven't actually messed with ribs in a long time. How hard are rib bones? Comment. I know, like, there's a difference between cooked rib bones and, like, raw rib bones. So Yeah. I've, so, around the summer holidays, Memorial Day, Labor Day, 4th of July, we're going to see a lot of pancreatitis. And we're going to see a lot of foreign bodies and people give them rib bones, chicken bones. They chew on them after they've been cooked and then they break into shards. So they mm-hmm. wind up in the gut and they, they're poking and prodding and they cause GI upset. Sometimes they'll get stuck. So uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say give them bones because I've seen that go. No, around. that would be irresponsible. Uh, 
you know, that's always like when you give advice like this, you have to imagine it's like going to be like filtered through the worst way possible. So you'd be like, sometimes I use an e-collar and they'll be like, Tim said it was fine to electrocute your dog. (laughs) (laughs) I don't use the e-collar, by the way, Uh, for anybody listening. So wait, is e-collar short for electric collar? Yeah. Because in my world, e-collar is the cone of shame. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I think they've always just called that the cone in dog truck. No, the e-collar is the is the little zappy do. So for us, e-collar is the cone because it's based off of um, Elizabethan collars. Yeah. Okay. That makes. This is actually this is actually kind of underscores a good point about the pet world. Like, look at how like. E-collar should only mean one thing. Like we're both working with the same freaking animal. Right. No, I've never, I've never heard of a, a shock collar being referred to as an e-collar. So now That's, I'm like, now I'm thinking back to like conversations with clients, like, oh yeah, I have an e-collar. And now I'm like, oh no, they don't. They don't have a cone. They have a, a zappy do. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy to me. I mean, of course, yeah, Elizabethan collar makes a lot of sense. You would call it the e-collar. Like that obviously that makes a lot of sense. But no, it's the it's the zappy collar. Wow. Okay. My and mind- this actually Yeah, this actually goes to underscore like how much nobody in the pet world is really talking to each other. Rescues aren't talking to trainers, trainers aren't talking to vets, vets aren't talking to to the dog food people. And nobody's talking to the show dog people. They're off in their own world. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) It's, (laughs) you know, and to be the crazy ones in the dog world is actually really telling. Like, if if you're the person that all these other antisocial weirdos, like, look to and you're like, you're weird. And then, like, proceed to not talk to anybody for the next 12 days, like... You, you are strange. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how ins- that, that's actually kind of the point of the podcast is to kind of Cleveland is such a small place. The pandemic, in particular, is putting us in. It's putting us in a unique space, and we can't be as segmented as we are. This is true. We got to get vet techs paid more. That's crazy. It is one of those. It's like tenure. It's like associate professors where like when you get into them, you're like, oh, you're paid how much? Yeah. <laughs> That's Right. And imagine my surprise when, when the shutdown happened and I still had to go to work. I'm like, hang on. I'm essential. Me. I'm, I'm essential. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel essential after two weeks. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, I think uh, I think that's pretty much good. We didn't get to most of the questions, but that's uh, that's okay. We kind of went off on a uh, on a little side uh, sidebars, and I'd love to have you back again. Oh, I would love to do this again. Thank you so much. Oh, no problem. I hope you had a good time. I would say uh, visit or call the uh, Tremont Animal Clinic 
if you if you can are you are you still t- are they still taking uh, new uh new clients or is that on hold right now oh yeah we're, we're taking new clients but we are still not allowing clients into the building uh our room we do ha- yes we have a brand new building we just have like four doctors working at the same time so the whole like six feet social distancing we can't have we can't there's no way we can do it in our lobby and then mm-hmm. cycle to rooms it's just not possible so we're still not allowing clients in but we take new clients all the time and just know that we're booked up. So if you go and adopt a pet or if you know your dog is like coming due for vaccines, please just know two to three weeks is going to be an average wait. Uh, we're not happy about it either, but we will do what we can. So in the meantime, and this is trainer rules, uh, trainer guy coming in again, uh, your puppy exists under quarantine rules. Uh mm-hmm. They're not allowed to see any other dogs. You got to keep them. But, and this is where it kind of messes it up from the trainer end too, because that's prime socialization time. So you have like these two facts button up against each other. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, but you know, adopting a puppy is better than not adopting a puppy. I feel. This is true. Yeah. And we are seeing, um, puppies that we saw like at the beginning in March and April that were like these teeny tiny cute little babies. And now there's these, <laughs> now they're these nervous six month old wrecks and like, they don't know how to handle life and like everything's overwhelming. So we've dubbed them the quarantine puppies. And yeah. I feel like you're going to have a lot on your hands when the, when the world gets stable. <laughs> Listen, we're 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 uh we're doing okay. We are seeing some of this. You know, we'll 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 take it if you if you have if you have a nervous puppy afraid of the world, that's that's what life coach for dogs is all about. We'll we'll get them and then we'll introduce them around Cleveland. I'll send them your way. Hey, I love that. Uh, Jessica Davey at Tremont Animal Clinic. Stop in and say hi. You should call and say hi. You're not getting in that building for the next <laughs> couple of for the next uh, couple of weeks, and then you just drop off. You just drop off your dog, and then you gotta wait. That's which I understand the necessity, but like, oh. I can't send Buford in. That makes me so nervous of the idea of just sending Buford in without me because he's such, he's such a big dog. And like, you know, if he's like, I don't like that, you know, he like, I just trust it more with my hands, but he's such a big dog. Like if he snaps, he can hurt somebody. Yeah. Never has, but it's always a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes everybody nervous and, um, we, we do what we can with, with people that are afraid, but we have noticed that we aren't muzzling as much. We're not using chemical restraint as much. And, but we do still have our patients that are very anxious, very high, strong or aggressive. So we, uh, we'll, we'll prescribe some medications that you can give your pet the morning before the appointment or the night before the appointment, just to take the edge off, make them sleepy, but that way they're not stressed out. We're not traumatizing them further and everybody's safe across the board. So we, we have ways around it and no, I know it makes people nervous, but just know uh, the way I do my job is I treat every single animal that I come across every single day as if it were one of my own. 
and how I would want someone to care for one of my own and, and without me being there. So we love them, not as much as you do, but we do love them and we do care for them. Uh, that is that is really nice to hear. And that's really, you know, nobody, there's no Cruella DeVille's out there. Nobody gets into the game because they hate animals. Right. <laughs> not, no, none of us. <laughs> not even the even the dog catcher loves dogs you know that's maybe maybe the most yeah uh so that is tree mind uh animal clinic that is pandemic care uh yeah we'd love we'd love to have you uh back on again and uh i had a lot of fun i hope you had fun too yeah this was great thank you so much oh well thank you uh if uh if you have a pandemic puppy out there and uh, and you need a little and you need a little help learning how to handle that thing, it's okay. There's no shame in it. Visit lifecoachfordogs.com and take it to the vet. Uh, get its correct shots. Don't be a hillbilly. Thank you very much. Good night. Hey kid. What? You want to hear a story? Why not? It's about how awesome uh, these dogs are. Okay. You see. Dogs, dogs, dogs are awesome.